Welcome. You have found the show we call Real Men Don't Cry, or do they? This is a podcast for men, and on this show, we will hear real-life stories from men about how they have navigated the complexities of being a man in this modern day. We are going to look at the boys don't cry way of thinking and how that has influenced them and how they have risen above societal pressures to be true to themselves. The focus of this show is men's real world experiences, not just ideas and theories. I hope that you will learn from what they have discovered and use it in your life as well. Let's get into today's show. Welcome, another episode of Real Men Don't Cry or Do They? I am Brandon Archer, and the guest today, man, this is one cool dude. He is one cool cat. And cool cat, I thought about this, I'm like, should I call him a cool cat? And it actually fits what I know of you. And I love that we're doing this because we've never like really talked about our life life paths before like we know each other and i want to i want to share with people how we know each other this is harry isaac everyone harry welcome thank you so much for saying yes to this yeah thank you for having me so excited to be here yeah yeah i think this is going to be a pretty epic conversation um can you just briefly share who you are uh, where you are, kind of like whatever 30-second, 60-second intro you want to give people. Awesome. Yeah, I can. So my name is Harry Isaac. Uh, I'm, I'm in Nova Scotia right now. That's where I'm in my hometown. And I, I moved back here from out west a couple years ago. I was there out west for three decades. I started off, this is my like third decade as a health practitioner. I was a shiatsu therapist, um, holistic nutritionist and uh, stone massage therapist, had a clinic in Vancouver for about 10 years. And then eight years ago, I tripped into men's work and breath work, <laughs> you know, two of the biggest things um, that still today just make my life so much easier. And um, two years ago, I did a, a, a breathwork training for one-on-one couples groups. I have a little private practice studio downstairs, and I'm at... Um, three different yoga studios around town doing conscious connected, big transformational experiences with the breathwork. Awesome. And I have two kids, have two teenagers, 17, 20. Well, one's not a teenager, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. One's 20 and one turns 19 in like a month. It's weird. Very similar. eh? Yeah. Are we like, I turned 50 this year. How old are you? I don't even know. 52. 52. So we're like same. Close kind of we're right in there um yeah i knew you i knew you'd been kind of a practitioner for a long time i didn't know those specifics tell me about men's work and like what that means to you and how how in the hell did you even find it let's <laughs> it's so weird i did a video on it i called it your greatest um you know, your, 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 your greatest challenges lead you to your greatest gift. And I called it the fuck it button. <laughs> <laughs> We're allowed to swear here, I assume. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, we are. So, and it's interesting that I, I found it was eight years ago, you know, and just the, the short of the long story is eight years ago in Vancouver, like my thing, my, like my, my thing of numbing out choice was always been weed. Uh -huh. Right. And eight years ago, I'm in Vancouver, my business, I had a 
nutritional business wasn't doing so well, wasn't happy having challenges with kids and didn't know where my next step was. Like one business was rounding down and I didn't know what to do. And um, I started smoking the weed. I broke my wrist. And I went to the doctor and I hadn't smoked weed for about two or three years. And I went to the doctor and the doctor was like, the first thing he said is so weird. He's like, because they put the cast on too tight. And, and the guy, the doctor says, I hadn't smoked weed, I think, for four years, right? And the doctor said, you should go get some weed. <laughs> Will you imagine after that appointment, can you see me running west forth? I'm running to the boutique <laughs> weed stores. I'm like, yeah, the doctor said, get it. <laughs> and unfortunately, I picked, I always tend to pick the big stuff. So I, it was this thing called Shatter. It was like really strong weed, I guess. It was a little vape pen. And I'm in chronic pain. Like it's, I didn't know the cast was too tight. I go home and I start hitting the thing. I was smoking it all day because I was in pain all day. About 30 days in. Now, I never really had this happen before. I felt like I wanted to die. Mm. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? So I was like, I got to stop this. Got to figure it out. Get on the Google. And I find this guy, we, you know, Ben Goreski. Ben um, who? Ben Goreski. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or Gorski. How do you say his last name? Goreski, I think. Goreski, yeah. yeah. So I found that magical human being because I wanted to work on this. Okay, like why I reach for weed when the shit hits the fan. I, I want to do something different and I'm having trouble. He took me through my first conscious connected breathwork session. It changed my life eight years ago. Put me on this trajectory, right? And he sent me to a men's group. I was in um, the Nighthawks in Vancouver. Um, at the time, it was Samurai, Samurai Brotherhood. Now it's Arca. And went to my first men's group. And I'll tell you, so this is, you know, I was, I think, 47 at the time. Never done any men's work. Kind of men. I had a couple of good friends. But men were more like competition. Oh, they're going to get the girl or they're going to get the thing. And I got to compete. <laughs> and you can't show your emotions because then... They know and they'll, they'll get you. <laughs> so I, I remember walking into that meeting and I wanted to walk out. There was 10, 12 men in there, all different ages. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Took me about two or three months. And this one guy said to me, the leader, the captain, he said, look, there's something magic. I can't even explain it. That happens when you get in a room of guys and there's sorry, women, and there's no women around. <laughs> There's something magic that happens when you're seen, you're heard, you're not judged. And you don't even have to say anything. You just in that energy. And so about three months, I started to feel better and better. It was a weekly thing. And uh, then I really started participating uh, when I kind of got comfortable. And that was like, that was 216, 217. I've been in that same, like now it's, I'm on an online one. It's the same thing, but I've still, you know, weekly. We have it tonight every Tuesday night and 12 men they're from around the world. They got my back. They see me. It's, you know, and I'll say like your, your fuck it button. Remember like my weed was the fuck it button, right? The fuck it button led me to my greatest gifts, <laughs> giving the breath work, being part of a men's group. <laughs> it's kind of weird. eh? It's like, yeah, man, I think about this so much. Like the fuck it button for me was I had a heart attack. And that's how I ended up in the same online men's group as you. And I was like, fuck it. This is not working. Yeah. 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 Everyone like, has. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Um, did you reach out to Ben originally for like addiction counseling? Cause I know that's kind of his. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't men's work. I was just like, you know, saw him, he's like men's work, but he's like addiction counseling. I was like, dude, I, I, I want to stop smoking this weed. Cause I feel like I want to die. Like it, it's not serving me. It's how I numb out and this isn't working. I need help. Yeah. And that was hard enough to reach out and admit that that was freaking hard enough. It's like, I got a weed problem. <laughs> I'm in Vancouver. You open your window and all you smell is weed. <laughs> yeah. That was a problem. <laughs> it's yeah. funny. But I like the smell. I, I, I like the smell. I just don't like what it does to my brain. Yeah, totally. Um, so I think like this podcast has been, and we're going to get there mm. about, you know, men's life experiences and you should, I mean, this is part of your life experience, but we're throwing around this term men's work. Yeah. How do you define what men's work is? Yeah. Well, <laughs> the simple definition is men getting together and working it out so they don't have to work it out on their kids and the rest of the world. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, That's one of the awesomest uh, examples and definitions I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's like, you've got, it's almost like you've got, you've got this tribe and, and online works like in person's awesome, but online works for a group. Yep. And so I got this tribe and ours, you know, basically men's work is, you know, the more in-depth definition, you know, for me is like, yeah, we consistently meet every week, you know, um, we have accountability through the week where we have a chat and we're talking and, in the meeting, you know, you set some goals and we do check-ins and share what's really relevant, what's up for us in our lives. And some people get a longer share just to get it out, like get that out. Because if you don't get it out, you know what happens. It, it You know, we get angry, we blow up or it goes in and we get depressed. And so, yeah, and, and we also do like the shadow work, like just looking at those, you know, Things that you don't even know that are there that are running your life. That's why I love the breath work, right? Because it gets to that stuff too. And so you do the shadow work and you just bring awareness to the young things inside of you that's running your life you may not even know about, you know? Yeah. I was having a conversation with somebody, I can't remember who it was. I'm like, how do you explain what a men's group is and what that magic is when you walk in? Mm. I, I still don't know what the words are. Like, I don't know how, because if we could yeah. put words to how this benefits you, yeah, there would be, <laughs> men's group would mm. be on every corner in every city. But there's something there yeah. that we haven't got to the point where we can explain how beneficial it is. I don't think. You're right. I, I think you're right. Because I do, you know, there are still a lot of men that don't even know what it is. And I do have... I mean, you know, I'll, I'll say this about the breath work. So I'm doing these, um, um, I do about six or seven classes out there every month. And I'm like, where are the men? They're mm. all over Instagram breathing and doing their work. Like, where are you guys? And I'll tell you, it's interesting. So, you know, when the men show up and usually have one or two in a class now, like that's, a, that's like a success. Oh, the rest are women. And the men now, like it's, I'm, you know, extra, like checking in with them, 
giving them extra space because this breath work sometimes, and it's not every man because, you know, men do their work and not everyone's at the same place. But sometimes as we do this breath work and we start to, un, you know, enter and unzip the nervous system where emotional charges are that we haven't dealt with. That, you know, your parents, or your ancestors, or your daily living, you know, anything you didn't feel or it wasn't safe or parents gave you this stuff, it goes. The nervous system's a ledger. It keeps score of stuff unfelt, you know, unprocessed, right? So, you know, that, you know, that I, I kind of lost in the direction I was going, to be honest. <laughs> no, that's all good. I had I had this new new guy join my group. He's 28, youngest guy I've ever had, and I'm in... in my current men's group. And I said to him before he came in, I'm like, this is the very thing you need that you didn't know you needed. Yes, 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 yes. And after the first meeting, he's like, what you said summed it up perfectly. I just... And it feels like tribe. You know, what I'd say, it feels like tribe. Like we're hardwired for story. I think we're hardwired yes. for tribal, like community and gatherings. And I mean, I don't think that in... You know, a couple hundred years ago, I, I think you weren't living in a house by yourself with your kids. You, you had auntie and uncle and grandma, and it was we had a tri like it was a tribal. It was yeah. community, and we've lost that. So for me, men's work is a community, right? Yeah, and you also said um, we connect through story, which is exactly why I started this podcast in this format. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just share guys' stories. That's it. Because awesome. I'm like, how can we share a slice of what a men's group is where mm. somebody doesn't have to walk through a door or log into a screen? God damn, just turn on this podcast and like, you'll get a glimpse of what it is. Yeah. And, and I would say too, around that definition, the other cool thing, like I said, like sometimes you're just, if you're in a men's group, you don't say anything. <clears throat> you're still impacted, right? By it. It's like it. In that energy, when a man breaks through or shares, it gives the other men permission. And also, they may have a similar situation that him sharing heals the other people yes. that aren't even sharing. It just helped, you know? So there's that. Yeah. And that thing, like, you know, if a man's like, well, this happened to me, or I feel lonely because of this and this. And, and, and the question is, well, hey, other men, is any other man experience what this guy's feeling? Everyone puts up their hand. So you start to understand that you're not an island. Yeah. You're not, your society set us up to be siloed as men. Like you go over there in your house by yourself and you don't talk to anyone about anything of, of depth or importance. And I think, yeah. I think what came up for me when you were sharing there is men that are like, well, I don't want to share. I don't want to say anything, or I don't have anything to contribute. I hear yeah. that so much. I'm like, no, you don't. That's the magic of it is like you can sit there and say nothing and you're still helping the men in that room or on the screen. Yeah. And yeah. And that's why, you know, I don't know if you do this, but with ours, we, we really, when new guys come and I don't run the squad, but the, the kind of rule is hey, three months. Yeah. Commit to three months because the first two months are probably going to be a little shitty. <laughs> and you're not going to want to show up. But the cool thing is when you show up, when you don't want to, right? When you do like, it's always like, you know, if you do the easy things, life gets hard. If you do the hard things, life gets easy. 
So if you start showing up, even when you don't want to, like you said, you know, we talked before this about the nervous system, you know, you're, you're always training your nervous system, whether you know it or not. And the nervous system is the foundation for your life. <laughs> Hands down. Yeah, <laughs> it's it. It's, it's, it's the base of why you think, do, say things is really dependent on the current state of your nervous system. And most people are not regulated. You know, yeah. the definition I say regulate is just if you're dysregulated, you just can't get to home base. You can't fluidly travel between fight, flight, freeze, and, you know, home base. And you, you, there's no bad place in the nervous system. The only challenge is when you get stuck. Yeah. Outside of home base and you can't get home causes problems. And you don't even know it. That's, well, that's I, I have a belief that everybody's in flight, flight, or freeze until you bring awareness to it on a, on a spectrum, right? A scale one to 10, 10 being like, yeah. you're aware of it. What about if you're in like two or three, but you've been in two or three your whole life, you don't even know it. Right. It's just this low hum constantly on defense, constantly like scared, constantly feeling like you have to defend yourself up around a from everybody around you, chances are you're dysregulated. That's yeah. been my experience anyway. Once I realize this, I'm like, God damn it. I've been like stuck there my whole life. You think about, can you like, you know what I do? I, sometimes I think about my teenage years where I like, didn't want to, didn't want to be here on this planet for a long time. I didn't have a good time in my teenage years. I was not, at home base in the nervous system ever mm. it was either freeze you know or it was fight flight go 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 and i know like i know i can see my parents both have that in them i got both of those things into me because it was their nervous system built mine yeah so yeah what were you taught you know, as a teenager, as a kid about um, your emotions. I want to start with your emotions because that's just, it, it, it is tied to nervous system, but let's just use the word emotions. Yeah. When you were a kid, what were you taught about your emotions? Well, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, right? Like I'm born in 1971, so I graduated high school in 89. So my, I'll, I'll tell you, my family, you know, my parents, unbelievable. They're spectacular human beings, the most generous people I know. And they were dealing with what they knew at the time. Right. You know, and uh, I don't, they weren't ever taught um, about emotions and the importance and, you know, li really listening, you know? Um, so there wasn't a lot of um, emotional, dis you know, discussions or like, it was suck it. And he didn't say this, but we were also growing up in those decades of men. It's like, suck it up. Don't cry. You'll be okay. Forget about it. Go for it. Just push through. Rawr. You know, that's the warrior way. <laughs> I mean, I think crying is the warrior way now. <laughs> it's flipped, right? Crying is another form of discharge. And in breathwork class, when I see someone cry, to me, it's like I think of a baby. When you see a baby, newborn is born, and that first cry is celebration of life. Damn, never thought of it that way. 
Yeah. It's a celebration of life. And then you think about while crying, you know, you know, I've cried more since I found breath work um, than my whole life. And sometimes the tears come fast and furious. Sometimes they don't come, but I wasn't taught to express my emotions um, from my, fa- my my parents. And I think that was, it was normal. Yeah, like, I agree. We're a pretty normal, happy family, but the emotional stuff was not really dealt with. And my dad was amazing. My dad showed up to every sporting thing I ever did. I did so much sports and amazing people. And um, they just passed on what they knew. I always say, like, you ever blame your parents for your life? Like, yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> well, you're right. You're right. But it was their parents and their parents and their parents. You know, that's the the generational trauma you're all hearing passed on, right? Yeah. That's an interesting one too. Like, you know, if we go like that's being passed on, you know, in the DNA. And I believe as I do more research, like I don't believe that trauma is passed on in the DNA. I believe the energy that was mobilized at the moment of trauma is passed on in the DNA. And I always give the example, your great grandmother was in a fire and she almost died, but she escaped at the moment. She mobilized all this energy to escape. She didn't have breath work. She didn't have somatic work. She didn't know how to discharge that energy. That energy got passed along in the DNA. Now, I don't think mother earth is passing on that to wipe us out. I think she's passing it on to inform us. You may have a healthy fear of fire because of your great grandmother that saved your life. But the fact that that is, you know, that energy is inside you unprocessed, it starts to cause challenges, you know? Yeah. I remember where I was when Mark Groves podcast on a road trip to Vancouver. I live about four hours away with a girlfriend and she just downloaded a couple of podcasts and he was talking about epigenetics and generational trauma. And here we are, I'm kind of a little more at the start of my journey of like really understanding this stuff and just healing in general. And he, he, he talks about it and I'm like, no, that can't be true. I'm like, turn it off. Because I knew how much shit I had to deal with from my childhood. And I'm like, now you're going to tell me I've got like generations to deal with too. I was shattered. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. But what I think is really fucking important for men to hear is you can do it. Like you are the catalyst that will change your lineage you 100 percent are yeah it's uncomfortable but guess what you have an insane amount of capacity to deal with this shit you just have not been shown how i call them generation breakers that's what we get we get to break we get to change you know and yeah so what do you uh, what do you say for men like our at our stage in life? Because like fifties, I'm finding it super fascinating as I turn fifty this year. I'm thinking about everything around me differently. What do you have to say to men that are like you two are fucking kooky? I don't know. Like I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think I can do this. What do you have to say to them? Hmm. Oh, well, I, I mean, I, I, 
reflect back on an example. Yeah, I mean, I I give them a, a nice little nudge. <laughs> I give them some loving support and I explain to them, all I do is tell them how it benefited me. What did it do for me? I mean, you know, you can't guarantee it's going to happen to you, but what happened to me, but this is my process with it. I, I believe it, you know, men's work has allowed me to be the person I'm supposed to be. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong. I just think there's stuff in the way. <laughs> A lot of it, like you said, is not even yours, you know? Yeah. Like, and so like you said, it's, it's just stuff in the way. It's just stuff in the way. Yeah. Um, so men's work could be like, another definition is like peeling the, the layers back to get, you know, to get right, like to get to the, the, the diamond, the jewels, the, your, your pat, you know, your purpose. It's like, we just start peeling back yeah. the layers. So you're like this super, your energy is just so cool from day one. That's why I said cool cat. It's just what every time pops into my mind when I think of you, when you were a kid, like preteen, was this you? Yeah. I've, let's, I've been bananas about health and wellness my whole life. Yeah. And I use that, I think I've used the fight and flight energy to get, to use, to use that, right? It's like you use that energy for my purpose, like in a way, like that energy, the energy you have is released by the nervous system, right? So how, so, yeah. how did your parents like relate to your energy? How did they like? Oh, I'm the black sheep. I've always been. <laughs> they think I'm cuckoo and I'm cocoa for cuckoo for cocoa pot, right? Like, let's just be honest. I've always been the black sheep and all the things I did, like, you know, nutritionist and I was, you know, vegan in the eighties and all these different things. And they always thought it was bananas, but you know what makes me really kind of chuckle is all those things like I did <laughs> and continue to do. They're kind of cool now. <laughs> yeah. Vegan in the eighties. What? Nobody'd heard of it. You know, and I was in Halifax, so they were like, what is your problem? But, you know, it was, I, I have, um, you know, here's the example. So I became a nutritionist and the reason was I wanted to disappoint pharmaceutical companies. I was so pissed after I read a book. Um, it was a diet for a new America. I think it's John Robbins way back in the eighties. And and my dad was on six prescription medications. And I was like, as I did my research, like he was on six prescription medications and the average 65 year olds on six. And where I got used that energy, that passion, that fire, like, you know, that, that I'm so passionate about, you know, health and wellness was, you know, my dad, it was like, there's, they've never done a clinical trial with more, I don't think, than three drugs ever in the body. So the average 65-year-old on six is a ticking time bomb. And that was my dad. And so I was like, fuck that. I'm, I'm just like, I'm going to disappoint this pharmaceutical industry and do whatever I can and go the other direction. And it became like an obsession. Like, I get obsessed about these things, but I think that upset... I think it's a healthy obsession because it allows me just to go deep into it and then start sharing it. <laughs> and so, yeah, the black sheep, people that I was, uh, people I was, I think people still think I'm crazy. Um, you know, I get messages from um, old friends, you know, um, on Facebook or something. And, you know, I'm like, 
come on out to breathwork class. And a, a lot of my older friends, they're like, I don't do that hippie spiritual stuff. I'm like, what? You don't breathe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hippie spiritual stuff. What the fuck, man? Like, I mean, I, I have my personal views that probably align with yours about prescription drugs and whatnot. But the fact that your friends react that way, like it's bad. Is some, it, some, yeah, some, some. but it, it's yeah. an indication of, of kind of the societal, um, Hey, think this, act this way. Don't question it. Yeah. Take this pill that the doctor gives you because that's the way it is. When really, yeah. if you look at how we operate as humans, on every level you gotta you gotta consider every level right physically spiritually mentally emotionally yeah things take on a different texture i heard on the radio i think i shared this on the last podcast i recorded but it's just so impactful for me the radio host who's probably like late 20s talking about her anxiety cool you're talking mm. about it and she was so ashamed to have to go to the doctor and get pills to help her with it and then when she shared with her friends, she realized everybody was on it. And I'm like, no, don't go that path. There's another mm. way. There's another way. Yeah. So I just share that because like, it's pretty yeah. common still that people just go down that path. And I think for men listening, like there's a time and place for it. I've been on antidepressants because I didn't have the tools. I didn't know yeah. what to do. Uh, it ran in my family. My dad was on antidepressants. But now what I know, you can like work with that feeling, the depression. You can like overcome it with just you. As wild yeah. as that sounds. And I think like, you know, men's groups is a massive thing. Men's work, um, breath work. There's all these tools out there now that, need to be used like they're they're just sitting there waiting to be used yeah yeah it's um we definitely live in an interesting time it's like the somatic explosion is happening the you know 2023 2024 you hear so much about the nervous system and regulation dysregulation and you know i think we're living in this spectacular time and it's crazy out there too. And we need all these tools, like, especially like it's perfect timing for us, right? We're in our fifties. And like, if you're not dealing with your shit by now, um, you're probably noticing it in the body, you know, in the mind, it, things probably aren't working so well. Yeah. Right. And it's just, I think it just gets worse. Like I always say, deal with it now, or it's going to be, way worse later to deal with it yeah absolutely and not making anyone wrong like when people are ready they're ready but that's the men's group is about like and there's also that nudge factor you're talking about which i want to i want to touch on in a second i want to share that you know i had a heart attack because it was stress and anxiety not being dealt with boom yeah like wake the fuck up brandon i've also in the last two years met two women um early 40s mm. both their husbands committed suicide well mm. because of like couldn't cope with what's going on yeah not cool not okay 
not okay. And like any guys listening, having those types of thoughts, like I will gladly take a call from you if you need some support and a, and a call and a help. Like, what do I do? Because I know when I was in that space of like, I just fucking want help. I have no clue what to do. Finding it was goddamn hard, like super hard. It's better now. It's still hard. So I share that because like you said, when a guy's ready, he'll, he'll take action. I also think there's the nudge thing. Like if you have a man in your life that needs help, you got to fucking say something because we are stubborn as fuck. We've been raised in a space where we don't ask for help. I got this figured out. Don't need it. I'm, I'm okay. I'll just push through. No, you won't dude. No, you won't. Yeah. Well, that's why, you know, you're talking to the, like, there's 2% of men, you know, the group in a breathwork class, it's 2 to 5% men. That's it. Yeah. Because the rest, I don't know, they don't know about it or it's just, it's, it's hard to show up, you know? And yeah, you're right. Like the, the, I, the thing I thought about men's work too, is like the medicine of men's work is in the connection. (laughs) As odd as that sounds for guys listening. It's like the medicine is connecting with other men and they're listening and going, you two are crazy. I'm like, no, man, you gotta like, you gotta lean in. Like, it's not going to see a therapist. I'm sorry, therapist, but that's not what men need. They need other men to help. There's a place for yeah. therapy. Absolutely. But yeah. an, uh, if men are not going to a container like that, all the other stuff's I don't know. I think it's band-aid personally. Um, well, think about it too. Like, you know, if you're a man out there right now and you're struggling, right? Like you could have a conversation with a woman or you can have a conversation with a man who's going to, and most of the time, which person is going to be closer to your life experience? Like it's another man that you probably relate to better than a woman giving you advice or even even listening to you, like, you know, to have a man listen to you and then, you know, after say, hey, would you like some feedback or do you want me to share? Because I've had a similar experience and you should know about that too. <laughs> so it's like, that's men's work. Like, it could be picking up the phone and calling friend, a guy you haven't talked to in a while and saying, this is what's going on for me. I need some help. What do you think? Yeah. Or if you can't even say that, it's just like having a conversation with another man that you know is like, you know, that's barely, that a man that's solid. He'll share his energy with you. And yeah, he'll not, we'll, we all, we'll nudge, we'll push, we'll, we'll try to, we'll do whatever we can to get them there. And then we know that, yes, they're now in a container that can support them. And yeah, I always say, if you join a men's group, commit to three months, whether they have that rule or not. Minimum. Commit because it's bumpy the first couple months, but you'll hit, go into a sweet spot where with me now, my meeting's tonight and I can't wait to go on it. (laughs) And the first couple months, I was terrified to show up. But this is years later. I'm like, I can't wait. Yeah. Well, you, but that was a time. You brought right? up a couple really interesting things is like find a solid man. And what I find men as they kind of join my men's group, they're like, yeah, like my guys just want to drink and talk about football. Like I can't share the deep things with them. They don't want to, they don't want to hear it. So 
chances are you have somebody in your life that will go deep. You may just not know they're there. Um, yeah. The other really interesting thing you said, or I think needs to be talked about, is a man's tendency to go to his partner, his female partner, in a heterosexual, mm -hmm. to unload this stuff. And I know that's what I believe. That's what I was modeled. That's what I thought. You have no idea what kryptonite that is for your relationship. You just don't know how much damage that's actually causing. And oh yeah, that's I mean, a big. One. It's huge. Like I saw changes in my relationship to women almost. Well, it was probably within the first three months. I'm like, oh, I get to offload all my shit, all my like shit in my head at men's mm -hmm. group. And then when I show up with my woman, I'm like, okay, I'm here. I don't have all this other stuff rumbling around. I don't have this stuff that I need to emotionally dump on her, which is not the same as emotional vulnerability, <laughs> which yeah, is confusing. And, and, well, and I love what you say. I mean, what you just said is so, is so key because it's like, you know, y y it's not that you want to keep stuff from your partner. But you want to take the charge out of the stuff that then you're going to take. Like, you're like, you deal with the charge and the energy and the with your, your men. And then you can still bring it to your woman, but there's no charge and she doesn't have to. You're not asking her to figure it out. You're just telling her, hey, look at this is what I did. This is what I found out. They, she wants to hear that, but she totally she doesn't want to be your... She doesn't want to be your men's group, your mother. She doesn't want to be the one that's like, yeah, you want to unload that energy and then come to her. Yeah. In a different space. Like that's pretty powerful. And the, no one taught us. No, God, no. And, and society's not set up that way. When you talked about like tribal and having men and having community, because the flip side of that is guys won't say anything. I won't deal with it. And then and won't even share with their partner what's going on. But guess what? She can feel that. That's why she doesn't trust you, man, is because your emotions are on lockdown. Yeah. And, and that brings up a big one for me around, like, I want to say to the men out there, like, I, I don't make you wrong for not feeling or having trouble feeling or having trouble feeling out it, of sharing with other men because like we're going against, I don't know what percentage of genetics it is, but like for, for last 40,000 years, the DNA hasn't changed that much. Yeah. So we were on the, like, let's be honest. We were on the hunt. We were singular focused. If we didn't catch that thing, the whole tribe died. Do you think we had time to <laughs> do anything but go? Did you have time to cry while you were chasing that, you know, or we didn't. And so it is kind of part of our operating system that we have to transcend. Yeah, you're right. And I think that's important to bring up because like we, in our lifetimes, technology has not moved us so fast as a human race as what's happened in our lifetime. It's, it's mind boggling what has happened Yeah. so that we're now in a time in human society where it's easy to just stay alive, you know? And that's where this old genetics and the new society we live in are coming at an intersection. It's not working really great. Meaning like, yeah, we are focused. We have the lizard part of our brain running the show. 
and yeah. you can transcend it as you can do better. You just need to be shown how. And but you have to like this is this is the current situation. We we need to learn to be adaptable. I, I strongly believe in that it is a masculine skill set that needs to be um, developed almost more than I won't say more than any, but adaptability is so huge, which is understanding your nervous system, which is having self-awareness and being able to look around and go, okay, I see what's really happening here versus being at the um, mercy of your lizard brain of that 40,000 year old programming. That's not working anymore. You guys, like it's just not working. It's, it's relationships not. are exploding because we're as men, women have their part in this too, but as men, we're like stuck there. You can't be stuck mm -hmm. anymore. It just doesn't, it just doesn't work. I was stuck there and I just was like, this will work out. No, it didn't work out. Marriage yeah. blew up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we, we, a lot of us have been through, you know, that like it's, it's, I mean, that's why I love breath work. It's for me, what it's done, which I find really interesting. And that's, you know, I, I we'll probably talk about it after, but that's why I want to, I, I wanted to team up with you to do a, an online workshop for men where, you know, you're, there's, a, you know, we call it the embodied masculine where you're delivering the information and then I'm going to breathe with them yeah. after to embody that information. Cause to be honest, like the most amazing benefit for me from breath work. So remember my like past, it was pretty emotionally tight, you know, in my growing up, <laughs> there wasn't much, like, it was like, whew, careful. So I call it like, I chased, like, I'm really honest with you for 20 years, I chased trying to feel better. Yeah right? Workshops, retreat. I'm not saying anything wrong with that, but I was like, workshop, retreat, works, go, go, go. I had a friend that was like, you should just stop reading books and do stuff. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you're right. But what breathwork did is, and it was like a lot of work for me in the beginning, it was messy because it created this emotional bandwidth. Like it started, you know, like it started going like this and I call it emotional inclusivity. And it was like, oh, so what breathwork did was make me a better feeler. And the aha moment was like, oh my God, I'm a better feeler now. I actually feel better as a side effect because I am a better feeler. <laughs> like, what is that? It was so interesting, yeah, but it's... It's super hard to put words to, isn't it? Because feelings aren't always good. You got to take what comes up and learn how to navigate them. And when, like you've shared, we've locked shit down. I mean, I've done it, you've done it. Like all that like unprocessed stuff is hiding in us and it's, it's controlling us. It really controls us. And as you get into it and open it up, you can handle it. I guarantee you can handle it probably with some guidance is the best way in my opinion. And, yeah. but you gotta let it out. <laughs> like, you know, or you're going to be like, I don't even know how to put into words how important this is to investigate as a man. And I think. Well, and yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. It, it is hard to put in words. My thought too is like, you know, if you're wondering whether you need men's work, my questions are always like, um, do you have drama in your life? Um, 
do you have do you have because that's emotional unconscious stuff do you um have a relationship pattern you keep repeating keeps is it you know do you notice that <laughs> um even like are you always late for stuff mm-hmm. there's the, even like subtle little things you can start seeing where like there's stuff under the scenes driving you you don't even know about and you can see you know patterns drama do you react are you triggered we're all triggered but it's showing you like the defenses and triggers you have are just protecting like i'll just because i love breathwork i'll just say this thing about it but so if you remember we were talking about crying so just imagine there was a moment can you pick a moment when you were a kid where it wasn't really safe to cry and express right okay so what actually happened to the body in that moment because it's affecting you now which is interesting so the nervous system and the body and the like the breath is the bridge but the nervous system and the body they they don't it's times a little different right so you couldn't cry so that energy got stuck as a kid so your body is like it's a frozen piece currently it's a frozen piece of the past stuck in the present moment and your body builds defenses and triggers around it so it doesn't blow up again like it like whatever it does you don't get in that same situation where it's not safe and your body thinks it's still in it right this is driving a lot of us yeah and that's why you know how we were potentially raised which is like oh boys don't cry is so dangerous and i still see it i i I see parents out in public still with that same mentality but what you just explained how we were parented oh boys don't cry leads to what you described today what well, I get triggered when I hear parents say, you know, don't cry, oh, don't cry, yeah, you don't have to cry. I'm like, oh my god, you have to cry. <laughs> I want to yeah. scream at the parents. <laughs> I know, man. They, I but they're just repeating what they were shown. They're they're yeah, unaware. They're unaware. You touched mm-hmm. on what we're up to. We, we're working together, and this mm-hmm. podcast will come out like a month before we're doing awesome. it. Yeah, I don't even. How did they? How did we even land on it? We were just chatting and. I don't know. I yeah, think it was more I mean, your yeah. idea, but yeah, we're going to do some teaching and then you're going to help us breathe. So we're working on, you know, men's intention and purpose in life and how mm-hmm. like a lot of us are stuck with that. Like, I don't know where I'm going. I'm I'm like, I'm a ship without a rudder. I have no direction. So we're going to talk about that. And then the two biggest blocks that we see, shame and mm-hmm. your limiting beliefs and your belief systems. And like, how are we going to help guys clear that out? So we've come up with this cool little three-week program. Um, Guys are going to have access to us in between the sessions. Yep. So you can ask us questions. You can bounce stuff Mm -hmm. off us. Um, I'm pretty excited because the, like, man, the value in it is, (laughs) it's insane. Yeah. The value is good. Is it really nuts? Yeah, and let's be honest, like, what do people get? So, yeah, this is, it's online. It's in March. There's three weeks in a row, you know, a two-hour session, three two-hour sessions. So, like, you're getting six hours. You're getting three breathwork sessions. You're getting three sessions from you, like, information, embodied information. Um, and, yeah, 299 bucks. Canadian. Canadian, right? <laughs> So my thing was like, you can't even do two breathwork sessions with me for that price. 
I bet you can't even do stuff with you yeah, like yeah. more than two sessions for that price. So are you, I mean, our, and, and it's limited space. And I, and I think we'll, we'll build this cause we want to reach a lot of men. Um, and I find the online is really effective for delivering the information and the breath work. Yeah. And we like get that. to, we get to reach men that want it. Right. Like in my men's group and probably yours, I got guys in Florida. I got guys all over North America. It's so yeah. fascinating. So that's why I like online because where are those 2% of men? Sweet. Well, and we got the link. You can drop that. And I guess you'll yeah, yeah, we'll put that. it in. We'll put it in the, in the show notes for sure. So I think we decided on 10 guys max, right? Yeah. It's not a lot. We'd love to have you guys. Um, Harry, I, I, I end these shows with a couple really specific questions that I'm really Perfect. enjoying some of the answers. So I got two for you. If you could say one thing to your child self that you wanted to hear from your dad or mom, what would that be? There's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Right away. That didn't take any effort to get that one. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with you. There never was. <laughs> You're good. Yeah, I think a lot of guys could probably resonate with that one. Nothing wrong with you. Okay, what closing message do you have for men? Well, I can tell you 52 years and the two biggest things that have impacted my life allowed me to do what I do and and be calm and like and, and happy, but also express when I need to. It's men's work. And breath work. And we do the breath work in the men's work, right? So it's men's work. <laughs> so, yeah, if you haven't done any men's work ever, reach out to us. We'll, we know how to connect you and put, you know, in the right space. You lead a group. There's lots of opportunity. Just do it. Like, game changer. Awesome. Man, thanks for doing this with me. Thanks for having a chat. It was not what I was expected, but they never are. And I love, awesome. I love what we chatted about. I think a lot of this will impact a lot of guys in a healthy way. I'll put in the show notes how to get a hold of you. Oh, and I gave you, did you see that code? You put it in there, but I, I gave your listeners um, one free class. They can pick any, any online class until the end of 24. And the code's that there. That is so generous. Yeah. I just want to say like to men listening, like Harry and I are wired the same, like we're here to serve men and that might, might go against the grain of what you see out there in coach land and people trying to make a small fortune off of men, but we're here to help. Yeah. Like we're literally here to help. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. And thanks for being here, man. Talk to you later. Thanks brother. Big love, man. We'll see you soon. Thanks for taking the time to be here today. I honestly hope you found something you can use in your life. And I hope you found some relief in knowing that you're not the only one with challenges. We can be very isolated as men. If you don't have support in your life, please reach out to someone. It's okay to need help. It doesn't mean that you're less of a man. In fact, it takes a courageous man to know when it's time to ask for guidance. Until next time, brother. <laughs>